Welcome to this edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I'm Ken's sidekick, Dylan Waugh. I am the Bob Weir to Ken's Jerry Garcia. We went with the Grateful Dead today because that's what I was listening to when Ken walked in. Today we're going to be talking about, well, maybe the Stanley Cup final, but also the Columbus Blue Jackets because I think that that's the real hero of this story. <laughs> <laughs> Check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter at Ken underscore Campbell 27, of course, at underscore Dylan Waugh. For a split second, I forgot Jerry Garcia's name. Wow. Isn't that just pitiful? That's weird. Yeah. It's almost like I like the Grateful Dead, but I don't believe in the crazy cult of personality that was built up around that dude. I don't know enough about any of that to even make a comment. Okay. That's good. You didn't follow them around on tour? No. No? You didn't You didn't pack up your things from <laughs> Sudbury, Ontario to go and follow the Grateful Dead around California and bum around and drop acid? I might have. I forget. <laughs> you know, I do forget years between 77 and 82, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was only like 15 to 20 then, so... Prime following Grateful mm. Dead on tour years. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. Yep. So, yep. Yep. you know... Yep. That's literally when you would do that. It is literally when you would do that. We had a long, literally, literally conversation. <laughs> Anyways, irregardless, let's get going. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what that means. Is that regardless or not regardless? I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> for That's, all intensive purposes, let's all, get going. You're yeah. being intensive. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's get going because I've been thinking to myself. <laughs> a lot about uh a lot about the these things. Okay. <laughs> Should we start with um Dubis? No. Like, Should we start with Babcock? Let's not bury the lead. Let's go with the Stanley Cup final. That's- Stanley Cup final. That's what you wanted? Yep. All right. So Stanley Cup final. Check out KenCampbell.substack.com for this podcast directly into your inbox. Ken is rolling his eyes. They're gonna get stuck in the back of your head, mister. <laughs> When's the last time you heard that? Yeah, yeah it's a good one, right? Yeah. An oldie but goldie. Yeah, if you if you swallow your gum, it'll stick to your heart. <laughs> that was that was one we used to say when we were kids. I I heard yeah. that it stays in your stomach for like twenty one years or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, okay. So it was great because like it wasn't you know it was like at like twenty six you know any time that I didn't have a poop for a couple of days I was like, <laughs> son of a gun! I wonder if that was real. <laughs> Anyways, all right, we're moving on. Good. To the Stanley Cup final. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking about it so far? General thoughts before we we dive down into a few of our topics. How are you enjoying the games? (sighs) Yeah. Really? They're okay. Yeah. I've been thoroughly enjoying the games. Have you really? eh? Yeah. Yeah. And look... Truthfully, as we both know, the games are not have not been particularly close. Well, I thought game one was closer than five two. Like that was a more compelling game and it that was, was a closer by definition, game. it was literally closer than five two. It was five two though. Or, but it was Oh the, pardon me, I think yeah, six two, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, the second game was seven two. Seven two. Oh my god. Anyways, uh it, it it was a closer game than the than the score indicated, I thought, in game one. In yeah. ga- in game two it wasn't. In game two, it wasn't. Ken, you should know this. You literally have to carry this podcast. I know. I know. <laughs> um, no, I, I I, think that... Boy, we all had a lot of good things to say about Florida before the before the Stanley Cup final. I was expecting you know, better than this. I, yeah. I And now... You know, 
it just to me it it's just it's turning out again the way that it usually does with the Cinderella story. When a team, yeah, when a team overachieves. Yeah. And when it and 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 the thing about it is, you know, a team that overachieves, you know, sometimes you can win a round, sometimes you can win two rounds, sometimes you can win three rounds. Mm-hmm. But it ends. What about four or five? No. That no, was a joke. you can't. Yeah. <laughs> but it ends. Yeah. It ends. And when it ends, it never ends well. What like were- it always ends ugly. You know what I mean? Like it never, it, it, you know, I mean, the, the Bobrovsky score was going to end. And maybe now it's like ending ugly. He got pulled that, game two. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, it's weird. Like, it's really weird because I, it's going to be interesting to see how good Florida is next year. Because there yeah. are a bunch of things that I don't put a lot of stock in. One of them is teams that go on a big heater after they're eliminated from the, from the playoffs. Correct. Like teams that go thirteen and two down the stretch after they get eliminated, mm-hmm. I, that to me that that tells me nothing. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is how a guy performs in the world championship. You know, you just hate Montembeau. No, I and you hate that I like Montembeau. Well, no, no, I know, and and he is a good example. I mean, he's not what he's not anything different than what he is. He's a decent goalie, and okay. and, and he won a world championship. That yeah. doesn't mean he's going to win the Vezina Trophy next year. And it doesn't mean that, you know, Mackenzie Weger is going to score 100 points. And it, none of it. Like, so, so those, th- that I don't put a lot of stock in. And the other thing I don't put a lot of stock in is when a team, a, a team is, is struggles through the regular season, has a Cinderella run, and then everybody expects them to be really good the next year. And lots of times they don't. They, they revert back to what they were. See Canadians, Montreal. Dallas didn't, though. But Dallas had a Cinderella if, run and lost was, five, in five games in the Stanley Cup final. Was that Cinderella though? I don't know if it was. I don't know if that was so Cinderella. I don't think that one was. That one was not Montreal 2021. No, it wasn't. It you wasn't. Know, it wasn't that. that. It wasn't yeah. that. It wasn't. Uh, you know, one of these crazy ones, like maybe the one we're seeing now. It wasn't not crazy though. It, it was. It was comparable. It was within. I, I don't. Yeah. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Okay. They were they were a pretty good team. So what you're saying is that Paul Maurice gets fired next year? He might. Yeah, he might. It Who wouldn't knows? shock me. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when was the last team that went on a Cinderella run and then won the cup? Well, I guess LA 2012. So, if memory serves, and granted, 2012, I was following uh, Dead and Company around on tour. Right. <laughs> okay. No. But if memory serves, um, I mean, it does happen. Ninety-five Devils, you know, the night, the the, the year, the the f- year of lockout number one of ten. Yeah, uh, they, you know, that was figuratively ten. That, that was, yeah, yeah, that was a uh, that was that was a bit of a Cinderella run. The, you know, the the the, the Kings yeah. in twenty twelve were, you know, something of a Cinderella run. Ninety-three Canadians. Ninety-three Canadians. but the ninety-three Canadians were not that bad. They yeah. were. I think they finished seventh or eighth overall in the league. But I, I don't think that that they were. I think that but defining a Cinderella but, but run is not yeah, necessary. But, but I remember that run, and it and it wasn't like wow, like this is out of nowhere. 
you know what I mean? Defining a Cinderella run to me is not necessarily where a team finished in the standings, but rather uh, who was the favorite, the consensus favorite in each of the rounds. Right, right. And so I don't like 2012 Kings. uh, They were not considered an easy out Mm -hmm. every round. And that's why I kind of don't put them as a Cinderella run. 95 Devils. Yeah, that would be a Cinderella run. Yeah. Uh, Canadians were expected to be eliminated. So a couple of in times. In 93? In 93, well, they, say. Like they played Hartford in the first round. And the, and yeah. I think a lot of people thought they'd be eliminated by Hartford. Yeah. Or was it the second round? They yeah. Played and so, and so uh, I mean, Florida. Well, I actually picked Florida last series for the last, um, for the, the conference right. final. Right. But other than that, I think that the consensus on Florida was not that they were going to win. Yeah. Any series that they were in. Right. And well, now people are finally right. <laughs> it looks, it looks like it. Like yeah. it really looks yeah. like it. Like I, I, I would say, I think Florida wins tonight. Yeah. In As game three. This. In yeah. game three. Yeah. And then Vegas wins in overtime in game four, and then they finish it in game five. That's, that's the way I would see this unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, I, I, I think, I think you're probably bang on the money. Um, but let's, uh, let's dissect this a little bit. Uh, let's, uh, let's relitigate. Cause as we love relitigation here, right? Let's relitigate the Kachuk hit on Jack Eichel. You texted me shortly after that. It's a very, it's a very short trial. <laughs> yeah. Not guilty. Boom. See ya. Totally agree. Yeah. Honestly, uh, and and you know what? Everybody's on Matthew Kachuk right now. Oh, he's so undisciplined. He's so you know he's so he got tw- two misconducts and you know yeah. But I mean, one of the misconducts was because he had to he had to engage after a clean hit. Yeah. Right. And he got a minor. Yeah. And then ten. Yeah. Like I mean, that's like how is that his fault? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one, like he just kind of love tapped. Um, I can't remember who it was, Petrangelo or whoever stick it was. Yeah. And he got another 10. Like, I know he's not, like, he's not on his game. They're they're in his, they're in his kitchen a little bit and he's, and he's hot and he's, he's, he's playing on the wrong side. He's playing an emotional game on the wrong side of emotions, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like you want that emotion, but you want it to be channeled in a, in a, in a more positive way. And he's not channeling it in a super positive way. And that's part of the reason why they're losing right now. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, to me, that hit was textbook, textbook, yeah, shoulder to shoulder puck was on the stick. It had just gotten off the stick, yeah. You know, and 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 you know, Eichel kind of leans into it too, which is good, yeah. Because then he ends up bearing taking it in the shoulder. No headshot, no. Like, I'm sorry, but that is like that. If and if and if Jack Eichel had been hurt, it would have been yeah. Sometimes bad things happen when you when you play a game a fast game. A fast physical game like that. Like, this is what yeah. you want to see in the Stanley Cup final. This is the kind of hitting you want to see in the Stanley Cup final. Totally agree. But that's that's my issue is that uh, to have an issue with a hit like that is basically to say that hitting should be out of the game. Mm-hmm. If, if your mm-hmm. problem is with a shoulder-to-shoulder yep. hit. Yep. And now, look, the thing was, and I, and I watched it on the TV, as I'm sure you did. 
Go for it. Uh, and I also want to say yes. that, you know what? If I'm Matthew Kachuk, I'm a little bit pissed. Yeah. Well, he takes a, he takes a slash in front of the net from Aiden Hill in the stomach. That's he hit Aiden Hill though. Yeah, I know, but but the referee's right there, and yeah. then they go back. Then then Vegas goes back and scores. Yeah, like to me that that is that was egregious. If he had now, okay, yeah, the Aiden Hill one. Let's talk about that in a second because I I I do want to talk about that. But um, the Kachuk hit, the thing that happened right after the Kachuk hit, and it worried me, and it probably worried every single hockey fan, was that it looked like Jack Eichel grabbed his neck. Right. Right, and as we all know, he had uh, an artificial uh, disc put in to his neck, and that was a concern. Mm-hmm. And, but two things: one, like you said, even if he was hurt, it's a shoulder-on-shoulder hit. He's been medically cleared to play for a long time now. Yeah, I mean, and so that's, what are you going to do? That's a little bit of ancient history with that disc. Like, I mean, he's played for a year and a half. And yeah, and and the, yeah. and the second thing is, is like. And I'm not trying to com- be too comparative here, but I have I've had a relatively difficult injury mm-hmm. in my knee and come back and played. And I will say that when something happens around that leg, I immediately grab that knee like, oh my goodness, I've yeah, broken yeah, yeah. it again. Yeah, and yeah. it's always been fine every single yeah. time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh so there that is a natural reaction when you feel tender about a certain area in your body. And uh but you know, your head's going to get knocked around. Your your head's going to be, you know, it's it's hockey. You're going to get hit. Yeah. And you have to be prepared for that. And and I, I felt like it was a clean hit. Going to the Aiden Hill thing, Kachuk got hit into Aiden Hill's net. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Aiden Hill, I don't think, realized that. And, and then as Kachuk was getting out, Aiden Hill just felt him on his back and turned around and pushed him. Kachuk then laid out a hit on Aiden Hill. As he's skating away, Aiden Hill slashed him in the stomach. Right. So it's still 2-1 in offenses for Aiden Hill. Correct. Right. Correct. Firstly. So who gets the penalty here? Firstly, imagine if that happened with Ron Hextall. Yeah. Kachuk would have been, to quote, walk hard. It's a particularly bad case of being halved. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, man, Kachuk is lucky that the goalies don't use the wood sticks anymore, you know, because uh, he would have been completely vivisected. (laughs) Vivisected. Okay. But yeah, but so so I, I think. I think Matthew Kachuk is getting a bit of a bad rap. Bisected. Here. I'm sorry. Bisected. Vivisected is when you uh, is when you l- look at living tissue while it's and, and you cut somebody open while they're alive. I guess it could be both. Cool story, bro. Um, yeah. So. Oh, um, all of a sudden you don't care yeah. about a small grammatical error. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry, but I thought that this was hockey and filtered with Ken Campbell. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think I think Matthew Kachuk is 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 is. Um, Taking him out of the game for ten minutes on a hit like that, I'm sorry, but yeah. Uh, if I'm if I'm Vegas, that's reviewable, like, is that not? No, not the not the misconduct because it was a misconduct. It I was the misconducts were also reviewable. No, no, not that, not under that circumstance because it was after the hit. It was for what happened after the hit. Oh, they, okay, they just basically wanted to bring the temperature down. You know, sure, and, and, and bring Kachuk out does bring the temperature down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but also and. and Yes, Florida was pretty much out of the game at that point. It was four nothing, I believe, yep. when that hit happened. Yep. But that's not that's not right. No, that's not right. No, no. Yeah, and going back to the Aiden Hill, the one thing that I will say is this: the retaliation always gets called in hockey. 
Not always, but not always. But if if something's gonna get called, I it's, slash it's your foot. The, yeah, I slash your foot. Yeah. You slash my hand. Mm-hmm. You're gone. Yeah, that's that's normally how it works. So I I agree with you. Aiden Hill should have gotten one for that. Yep, I agree. As oh, much well, as I also but, think that he should have hit him harder. Yeah, yeah. But but, <laughs> but the main, but the thing is, is they yeah. they go back and on the next rush they score. Oh yeah, you know yeah. so yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. and It's uh, tough if you're the Florida Panthers right now because I don't think there are too many people who are expecting that they're going to get back seriously into this series. And I count myself amongst them. Yeah. Um, I think it's over. It's over. The, 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 you know, the, the, the ride is, it's over. And it was, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. You know? Can I tell you what I've enjoyed about this series? What? The drama. I'm like I've enjoyed Aiden Hill slashing Kachuk and Kachuk yeah. smoking Jack Eichel, right? And uh, the hit on Gudis that unfortunately took Gudis out, but was also a clean hit. I don't. Yeah, it is by definition the rule book. But I wonder if they're going to have to if they're going to have to do something about reverse hits. I love reverse hits. I don't. Come on. Yeah. Come on. If if I'm going to hit you. If I'm going to hit you, what? You're just supposed to sit there and take it? Give me a break. Well, it just, it's, it looks a bit dangerous. It's, it's start, you know, I mean, it's. Get used to it. Well. It's clean. Well, it's clean. I mean, you used to be able to hit a guy in the head and it was clean. Yeah, but reverse hits are not to the head. No. Look, if somebody's coming to hit you, you throw out an elbow so that they run into your elbow. Nice, Mm -hmm. by the way. Yeah. If somebody comes to hit you so you throw out an elbow, uh, that's not good. That's no good. But if you throw at your hip and they hit you and they go down. But it's not a hip. It's like almost the shoulders or the back or whatever that I, I don't know. I just the reverse I don't, hits are off in the butt. I don't like I don't like I don't I'm not crazy about those hits. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think they can be dangerous. I think they can be really dangerous. I mean, take you know, you sit there and you're talking about take it. Well, take it like a man. Take it to the front. You know, don't turtle and go back and, you know, stick your ass out. Take the, the hit. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying is that you should like if if somebody is take hockey out of the equation for a second. If somebody is hitting you, don't you deserve the right to be hitting them at the same time? I guess so. I, I don't. Yeah, but I don't you know. Don't, it's, like, it's like playing chess and you say like only one one side gets to move their pieces. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't no, know. I don't No, No, I mean, you put it in the context of the rules. And if they decide that that's too dangerous a hit. Then you just start penalizing it. A lot of people do think that it's interference because you're hitting a guy without the puck. Yeah. And so that in the context of the rules, it's already illegal. Mm -hmm. I don't count myself amongst them. Okay. Uh, By the way, before we go any further in this this conversation, I do want to say today's episode is the nicest episode. And if you go and look at the episode number... You'll know why. Okay. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, okay. So as we spoke about him a little bit earlier, uh, actually we spoke about both of them. Uh, Aiden Hill and Sergei Bobrovsky. What do you think about the goalie matchup so far in this series? Well, as we th- as we thought, it wasn't going to be close because we said it, it's not going to be close. And it's the goalie not, matchup, and it's not. Aiden Hill's killing him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I expected better from Bobrovsky. I, I will admit that. Yeah, uh, for he, sure. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been bad. He's not been good. No, he's not been good. He's like minus three goals saved above expected right now. <sighs> okay, well, don't expect him to stop any more then. Yeah. That's he that. was he was not he was 
particularly not good in in game two. Yeah, his save percentage in game two was like. That being said, the goal that he got pulled seven off something of, it was like eight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah seven was, something. Yeah. yeah, it was really. It's bad. like eight sixty two in the series or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, the goal that he got pulled after that to me had to be a mercy pull more than anything because like tic tac toe doesn't even begin to describe what yeah. Vegas did. Yeah. It was tic tac toe. But he was he was stopping those. He was stopping those though. Like they've gotten to him. They've they've completely gotten to him. Oh yeah. They've gone high. They've gone glove high. They've yeah. gone. You know. I mean, they've gotten to him in every which way. Yeah. And and now you have to wonder if that was the best. You know, we for for three rounds. It, it's all. It almost epitomizes the Florida Panthers, right? Yeah. Like for three rounds, nobody could beat them. Yeah. And for three rounds, nobody could beat the Florida Panthers. Yeah. And now. They look. They both of them look very, very beatable. Well, it's as it's as simple as this. They won three rounds on goaltending. Yep. You know. Yep. And we hoped that the storybook would continue, mm-hmm. but uh, it hasn't. No, it's the storybook's been slammed shut. I don't think that I don't think that Vegas has done anything particularly uh, earth shattering to beat him. Like if you look at the Marchessault so goal, for example where he had one screen in front of him and uh yeah there've been a lot of like goals that have gone off of guys and yeah yeah they haven't done anything like you know earth shattering you mm-hmm. know like if if you're if you're for example like Rod Brindamore watching this series right now you're you're asking yourself like well why didn't we beat him then well and <laughs> you know? yeah but Toronto is probably saying the same thing Toronto and Boston are probably yeah. saying the same thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, Brad Marchand's probably going, "Why? How did he stop me on that breakaway?" Yeah, yeah. So, uh, two more things on this series before we get off of it. Um, one, I think with the Vegas Golden Knights, are we seeing the return of essentially the mid-priced, mid-tiered player? Uh, I think we might be. I think. I think. I, I just don't know that you can replicate what they've done. Right. You know, I mean, speaking of which, Aiden Hill is 27 years old. Yeah. And he's a UFA. Right. Good for him. What's he going to get? And <laughs> more, who's, who's going to give it to worth. him? Who's going to give it to him? Uh, I mean, yeah. the guy's, the guy's been a career backup. Yeah. I mean, is he now a number one goalie? I, I don't know. I just feel like everybody's guessing about goaltending and he's on a hot streak and you know what? Alex Lyon was on one for a while yeah, and just ride it until it stops. And I don't know. What do you do? If what I was do Vegas's you do with GM, Aiden Hill? What do you do with Aiden Hill? If I was Vegas's GM, I would say to Aiden Hill, I'm going to offer you 4 million a year times what? Three, four three or four. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Let's say four by four. Yeah. It's less than you're going to get on the open market. Right. But you want to know something? You're only good behind this defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, and yeah. It's, it's not to take away anything from Aiden Hill. I mean, he had that fabulous stick save in game one, right? And he had a couple absolute buttes in game two. Well, it's funny because... It's not to take anything because, away from because him. Because he's, he's Bobrovskying the team that has Bobrovsky. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think. I think. I think they they're starting to wonder how they can beat this guy. What yeah. they have to do to beat this guy. You think you know? so? Yeah. I feel like a lot of Florida's chances are just kind of one and done's right now. They are. They and, are definitely. And I feel like definitely. you know what I mean. Whereas, yep. 
yeah, I, I just feel like a lot of their chances are one and done. And, and the truth is, is that you're just not beating a goalie that way. You're just not. Yeah. And, uh, and, and going back to those two saves that I just was speaking about, um, you know, it's, those are the few times that it's not been one and done. Right. 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 And yeah, to your point about he's Bobrovskying them, like, you know, Bobrovsky got beat on a clean shot and Aiden Hill hasn't. Right. I, I can't think yeah. of one goal that's just gone in clean on Aiden Hill. I don't think so. They've all been like one of them went off of this. The Kachuk one was, I don't know if that was a clean one, but one of them went off a defenseman's leg. Yeah. Like he stopped it and then it bounced off the defenseman's leg and in. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, no, no. I mean, but, but like, what do you do with him? So anyways, we're talking about the mid-level. Yeah. The mid-level pay guys. Right. So you're talking about, um, you're talking about the Chandler Stevensons. You're talking about the Zach White clouds. Correct. Yeah. You're talking about guys like that, right? Yeah. And cause you, they don't have a ton of guys on like. League minimums. What do they got? Amadio and... Um, They're not even on league minimums. Yeah, yeah. Amadio's very like, close. Very and, and close. Brett Howden's like 863 yeah, so, or something Yeah, so it's like close. That. It's like, close close to league minimum. You got two guys under a million yep. on the whole roster. Right, right. And right and now... You've got, and you've got, you've got how much how much are you devoting to Eichel, Petrangelo, and... Uh, and um, Petrangelo's not even that much when you think about it. 8.8? 8.8. And tr- Eichel's what, 10? Eichel's 10, Stone's 9.5. Okay, so you've got 10, 9.5, 8.8. You're almost 30 million for your top three. Yeah. Which is which is pretty standard now. Like everybody talks about that's how... that's very far on the low side of average. Yeah, but but everybody talks... Nah, see, but like everybody talks about how, oh, you can't have too much wrapped up in too few players. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And most teams do. Yeah. Most teams do. Yeah. And, I mean, you hit on guys, right? You hit on guys. Mm. You know, you, you, you signed Zach Whitecloud for 2.75 on a long, long-term deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know if Zach Whitecloud's ever going to outperform that deal. Right. But it doesn't, it's not about that. It's about hitting your stride at the perfectly right time when somebody's willing to pay you. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen with Zach, Zach Whitecloud. I mean, Jonathan Marshall so has, what, 12 goals? Yeah, Jonathan Marshall might win the Conn Smythe Trophy. He'd be my he's, pick. He's also an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, unrestricted yeah. at the age of thirty. Yeah, he's thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. Is he going to play for five million next year? That's what he's playing for now. I mean that de- that that de- that contract was a deal. Mm-hmm. You know. When when they got or it was it, it was you know I mean so so I don't know that like that contract was a deal when they first signed him to mm-hmm. it because he already had a thirty goal season in Florida yeah and you know obviously the story there is Florida yeah yeah exactly yeah him <laughs> let's, uh, and, him let's and Riley forget Smith. Riley Smith and March or so yeah yeah him and Riley Smith yeah yeah oh yeah. who were they trying to protect I forget who it was. And they gave up Riley Smith and March. So that was crazy. But anyways, yep. we don't we don't need to dwell on that because everybody's dwelling on that, right? Right. Um, n- nothing further really to say about that. But yeah, I I would agree with you. He's I, I but I tweeted out the other day. Like I love watching Marchesio score because he's just such a perennial underdog. Right. He's just such a perennial underdog, uh, and and it's just it's great watching him do this. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, 
but I don't I don't know that a team like Vegas, especially if they get their cup, uh, I don't know that they're going to pay him. I doubt that they will. They might not be able to. Vegas is cutthroat. Vegas yeah. is really cutthroat with uh, well, and and maybe that's maybe there's something to be gleaned from that. You know, well, I, I mean, okay, so they've got, they've, more got, than they've got Nicholas Waugh for four more years at $3 million. That's fabulous. Well, it's fabulous. It's good. It's, yeah. it's high for a third liner. It's a bit high. But that's for, what or, I'm sorry, saying. for a fourth liner. But that's what I'm saying. But, that they're but, paying. But, they're the, but he's one of the best fourth liners that's out there. So, like, to me, that, that fourth line of uh, Nicholas Waugh, uh, Paul, or sorry, uh, William Carrier and... Keegan Colasar. And Ke- Keegan Colasar. I mean, they're every bit as good as what's been regarded as the best fourth line in the NHL for the last five years. Yeah. Which, which is, is which is Casey Zizekas, Matt Martin, and Cal Clutterbuck in, in Long Island. And it's funny because collectively they're paid about the same. It's yeah. it's in like five point eight to six million dollar range total for that. Right. So you're spending what, an average of two per guy. Yeah. Which is pretty standard, I guess. You know. I mean, Waz making three yeah. as a fourth liner. That's a bit high. Yeah. But you know what? If you identify that this guy is going to be able to play that role and can sometimes maybe move up and down the lineup if he has to, yeah, I don't have a problem with him making three times four. He doesn't have a problem with him making three times four. You yeah. know, so, um, so to me, I mean, it's it's about it's all about asset allocation, right? And the the, the Vegas is has hit on some really. So, some really good guys, you know? I yeah. mean, like I said, with their fourth line, you know, so now William Carrier is a, a UFA. So, what, like, does a team like Vegas, which has been traditionally a pretty unemotional organization when it comes to the worth of their players, just say, you know, what well, we got Paul Cotter at 775. We've got, you know, Carrier is a UFA after this coming season. Oh, I thought it was he. He's a UFA coming this year. No, twenty four. No, 25. yeah, he's got one more yeah. year to go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, okay. But okay. yeah, I mean, this is. But this is kind of what I'm what I'm driving at here, which is that right now there seems to be this thought of you've got to spend as little as possible on your fourth line and find the quote unquote hidden gems. Well, you do. Well, you do. Sure. Okay. If I word it like that, then yes, it sounds very stupid. Because that's exactly what they've done. But what I'm saying is that they've not been afraid to pay Wah. They've not been afraid to pay Carrier. They've not been afraid. They've not been afraid to pay those guys what is a reasonable amount, as opposed to trying to find the league men, as opposed to trying to find the, you know, God forbid, I go back to the Leafs or something and say like, as opposed to trying to find the Jason Spezza. Right. 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 And and say here's nine hundred thousand. Right. Yep. And you know, and and it's similar to the whole to the whole goalie thing, right? It's not everybody's worth that. Obviously, you need to identify who is. But you know, it's like saying you can't win with a nine or ten million dollar goalie. Well, the second season that Tampa won was with a nine and a half million dollar goalie, right? Because right. they yeah. circled, we can and we will win with specifically Vasilevsky mm-hmm. as our nine and a half million dollar goalie. And so I think that it should make teams less afraid to sign those mid level mid-level contracts and stop trying to, you know, scrape the the dregs of the whiskey jar as much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yep. 
I, I, because you know, because then what happens? You know, I mean, so William Carrier, you know, he could have been making a million instead of one point four. So he wins a cup this year. Yeah. You know, they do well next year, and then he goes, "Well, you know what? You guys were really good to me, and you know, I, so I'll I'll come back at that." Yeah, you know, and then you've got a guy that's back in in at a very reasonable amount of money. I mean, it needs to be said it's a tax free state, mm-hmm. right? Yep, and uh, and obviously, and this should go without saying entirely without saying, but you take that one point four million, throw it in roulette, and you could like quadruple it. You know, just right then and there. So, you know. Yeah, that's what you'd do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Up next, our sponsorship by DraftKings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So let's move on from the from the salary cap conversation, unless so, you've got anything more to say on it. No, no. Who's so so? Marcia, so is your is your is your most value is your Smythe winner? Yeah, I've never been good at keeping secrets. So yes, even mm-hmm. though well, you said it earlier. I know yeah. that's why I said I'm not good at keeping. Even though he only, even though he had zero goals in the first round and only two points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Smythe. The Conn Smythe is such a recency bias yeah. award. Yeah. Right? Because, like, the truth is, is that if you were to really go most valuable player in the playoffs, truthfully, it doesn't matter what Bobrovsky does. He's the Conn Smythe winner. doesn't matter what he does in this series. But, yeah, it does. It does. Like, why? You can't, well, you can't get pulled. I mean. He took a garbage team and brought him. Okay, so then why, wouldn't, why wasn't Carey Price the Conn Smythe winner that year? When Montreal went to the Stanley Cup final. He wasn't very good in the final. Doesn't matter. It does. He got a ter- what, what I'm saying to is me, that to me, no, I, is no, to recency me, is recency bias. Well, see, I voted on the Conn Smythe before. I've, I've been a voter on the Conn Smythe. And to me. No wonder they keep getting it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> to me, I, the way I've always weighted it when I voted was. Yeah. 50% of my vote goes to the final. Mm. And the other 50% goes to the previous three rounds. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you were really good through three rounds, you're at the 50%. But if you weren't very good in the final, yeah. then you're only at 60 or 75. Well, you know, right? you know what they say about goaltending. It's 80% mental. And the other 80% is physical. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. but, but to me, I mean, I was unsure of who I would vote for. I, I, I won't be, I'm not there, so I won't be voting this year. Um, I was very uncertain about who I would be voting for um, if I were voting. And then, you know what? You know what kind of solidified it for me? Tell me. Was the hit on Eichel. You'd be voting for Kachuk? No, 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 no. Just the, no, I would be voting for for Eichel. Because of, like, after that, there was so much consternation. Yeah. And everybody was like, this is going to change the whole complexion of the series. And this is, you know, and it, and it was such a focal point. He came out like and, it's another day at the yeah, office. And, and, and he has been, he's been driving the bus here, right? Yeah. I mean, Marcheseau's getting the goals, but Eichel's doing a lot of the work. I, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it, yeah. But I just think that, I, I just think that. Eichel has been very, very good in all areas of the ice through the entire playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I like what Aiden Hill's doing. 
Mm-hmm. But again, to your point, I'm not trying to denigrate. I don't, Aiden I don't Hill, know. If, by the I way. don't know if he can play. You know, like like he plays that way because he's pretty well protected. Yeah, I'm not trying to speak ill of Aiden Hill. Yeah, um, the alliteration was by accident. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, it, sorry, going back to the Aiden Hill thing, like uh, Sorokin's going to get paid, and I don't know that Sorokin should get paid because w- he's only been good behind the New York Islanders, right? You know, but if, now, they, if they pay him, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. if they're the ones paying him for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, Connor Hollebuck has been good behind good defenses mm-hmm. and bad defenses mm-hmm. and deserves every dollar that he's probably going to get. Yep. Uh, so Aiden Hill, I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I'm, I'm really not. And, and I feel kind of bad. You know, I feel like somebody's going to come and take my goalie union card because I, I sort of sound like I was, but, um, uh, you know, scab. No, uh, <laughs> but uh, but but to to your point, I think that he is being very good. Yeah, I just I just look at not Con Smythe I, good. Yeah, he's been very very good. He's been close to Con Smythe good, but I just look at like it just seems like anybody they throw in there. Like they went through a hundred goalies this year. Yeah, and it just seems like anybody they throw in there does really well and looks yeah. really good. So. You have to think that that's there's an awful lot of the way they protect their goaltenders, you know. Yes, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and going into this series, Sergei Bobrovsky was going to have to be spectacular. Yeah, Aiden Hill didn't have to be spectacular. He no. just he just had to be good, and he's been better than that. Yeah, Aiden Aiden Hill. I, I don't want to utter his name in the same breath as I as I was quite uh, critical of like Darcy Kemper, for example. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's why I wanted to clarify that. Like I think this that, is I think not this is not an an, yeah you're right. This is not an anti rant. Darcy Kemper, you know, one of those anti-Nemi. situations. Anti Nemi. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and, and, yeah, this is not an anti Nemi Darcy Kemper. Yeah. You know, sort of situation. He he has been very very good for them. I'd say that he's been probably the fourth best player on their team. If you go Eichel, Marchesso, or Marchesso, Eichel, and Eichel would be my second pick, by the way. Well, he might be fifth, and then Stone, and then Petrangelo. Stone, Petrangelo. Yeah, and okay. He's, he's in the top five. Yeah. He's in the top five. So he's pulling yeah. his weight. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Shall we get off the uh, Stanley Cup final co- yeah. conversation, or do you do you have anything more you want to say on this? I just wonder if someone's going to just throw a bunch of money at him next year. Oh, I... And that would be a mistake. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I think, although the, my one thought is, have GMs learned? And Darcy Kemper being a great example. Mm-hmm. Have GMs learned not to just throw a bunch of money at somebody, Yeah, you know, for yeah. something like this, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, I, and I've had this conversation so many times about goaltending where, uh, you know, I remember when Montreal picked up Niemi. And I was writing an article or something like that. And somebody like went after me being like, Niemi's better because he's won a cup. Well, no. Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) No, no, he's not. I don't don't even really know how to respond to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How about we just say no? Yeah. Uh, Shall we to the Columbus Blue Jackets? Sure. All right. Columbus Blue Jackets have made some interesting moves. Very interesting. Bringing in Ivan Provorov. Yeah. And hiring Mike Babcock. Yeah. And they're going to trade for 
Tony D'Angelo and yeah, I was just about to gonna, say. And, so and, anybody yeah. who's worried about cancel culture running one rampant, the, one of the stalls move probably, to Columbus. One of the stalls will probably end up there next year. Oh, Eric um, for sure. Yeah. yeah, Eric for sure. <laughs> anybody who's worried about cancel culture running running amok is just needs to look no further than Columbus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's so funny. I was thinking about even texting that to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so what do you think about it? Tell me what you think first. Well, I think a lot of things about it. I think the one thing it says is that in hockey and probably in most sports, it still doesn't matter. It no, still doesn't no, matter. that's not it true. Matters. In other sports, it, it does matter. That's okay, why well, Kobe Bryant never played again. Oh, shoot. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, it just it doesn't matter if the guy can play. Yeah, he's going to find a place to play, unless it's and something. Even arguably, if he can't, no, but unless, <laughs> but I mean, and it, but it's not always that way. I mean, Slava yeah. Voinov's not playing in the NHL. Yeah, but he'll and, go to jail if he steps foot in North America again. <laughs> he he, so. he would be a guy that you know that 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 you draw the line at. But okay, so there was talk about bringing him back. So yeah, there was talk about like a year him ago. Back, but but he'd still have to he'd still have to be go to jail? reinstated by the NHL. Yeah. And he'd he'd you know as would Stan Bowman, as would as would Joel Quinville. Yeah. Um, yeah. All well, you have to do is beat your wife to, within an inch of her life, and yeah. and that you know. To me, to me, the the Babcock thing is. I don't I don't really get it. Oh, I get it. I don't get it, but if you're against Mike Babcock being hired again, yeah. Then like I I have no idea. I have no idea if Mike Babcock is a different person now than he was 3 years ago. Yeah. I have no idea if he's grown. I have no idea if he's become more self-aware. I do know that the whole time that he was being paid by Toronto, it was like, yeah, I'm never coaching again. And now that he's not being paid by Toronto, it's like, yeah, I think I'll coach again. Yeah. You know, that that is a bit. That seems to be like he was just trying to stick it to Toronto. No, that just seems to be like, if they want to pay me this much money to do nothing, yeah. I'll keep doing it. Yeah. Um, but he coached I, briefly I mean, in U sports. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it. Which is the NCAA, but worse. But he didn't. He didn't. Um, he didn't get paid. But I. I think that if you're, if you are on going under the assumption that Mike Babcock should never play again or should never coach again, yeah, then you are basically saying that people are irredeemable. They can't be redeemed. They can't be rehabilitated. Yeah. Uh, like like I said, I don't know. I don't know if Mike Babcock's any different now than he was when he got fired by the Leafs. But what yeah. he did as a coach, it was it wasn't great. It wasn't great. You're hitting on exactly what I wanted to talk but about. But it so wasn't go on. like but like like talk to Brian Kilray about what Eddie Shore did to players. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean I mean, Mike Babcock is not a guy, like, he's not, okay, like, Daryl Sutter, right? Yeah. You've got Daryl Sutter. Yeah. Daryl Sutter is not a Scotty Bowman. I remember Steve Shutt had the famous saying, you know, for 364 days of the year, we hated Scotty Bowman, and on the 365th day, we picked up our Stanley Cup rings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Daryl Sutter is not that. Daryl Sutter, 
by all accounts, makes you hate coming to the rink. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, you've worked all your life. You're in the best league in the world. You're making all this money. Yeah. You're living out this childhood dream, and you hate coming to the rink yeah. because of the guy that's there. I, I don't think Mike Babcock was that. He played some head games, and he was he was borderline abusive. Yeah. Um, But I don't think that that, especially if he's had time to reflect and learn mm-hmm. and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think that a guy like that should be sentenced to never coaching again. So I'm going to take what you're saying. I'm going to take it one step further. Okay. Mike, what Mike Babcock allegedly did to Mitch Marner was a, well, it was Johan Franson that was, it was worse what he did to Johan Franson and a few other guys like Mike Medano, you know, scratches him so that he right. can't hit a thousand games, yeah. you know, but like in the grand scheme of things, right. it's just, it's being a prick, and you know? That's exactly the term I was going to use for it. Yeah. At the end of the day, what he did was being a dick boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of like, like, let's get a little bit of perspective here. What Joel Quenville did and what Bowman did was... hundred al- times worse. ...allowed... A hundred times, it suggests that there could be a number. Mm-hmm. Was allowed a child predator to continue child predatoring. Well, he didn't... Well, and, he, he didn't... They didn't do anything about it at the time. And then they... They didn't. They they only, they wrote a letter. They, of they gave him, they gave him a letter of recommendation. Right. Yeah, and they let it. They let it carry on and fester through the organization. Uh, that yeah. that is that's that's something where it's like you could make the case. So I you could maybe make the case. I hope. You know? I hope that Quenville and Bowman. I hope that they do change, and I hope that they do realize that what they did was wrong. And I think. I have to believe that they will eventually see the error of those ways. Yeah. If they haven't already. Mm-hmm. But I never want to see them in the league again. Yeah. Never. Okay. There's no circumstance. What Babcock did was being a prick. Yeah. And have you had a boss that's a prick? Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I and I've been self-employed. <laughs> <laughs> but my point but my point is is that it's not the same. It's just not the same. I don't care if a team hires Babcock, just like I don't care if a team hires Daryl Sutter, because by all accounts, what they've done is not perpetuating a cycle of abuse. Right, right. It's being a jerk. Well, I mean, some people have classified what Babcock did as abusive, though. Yeah, okay, fair, Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. and But again, it's... That level of anyways, whatever. We don't need to get into the equivalency of it all. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I think that there should be no reason other than not wanting to have a coach like that in your system. There should be no reason yeah. to not hire him. But what I see and what I think that they're going for is that what do they want? Where did they have success? Who did they have success with? John Tortorella. Bingo. Yeah. They yeah. want John Tortorella back. 2.0. 2.0. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I see it. That's why I see Mike Babcock. I, I'm not sure that they're going to get that. Mm, they might. I don't think they will. No? No. Why oh, do like, you think I, so? like, like the thing with Mike Babcock is, 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 you know, how good of a coach is he? I've always felt that he was overrated. Yeah. yeah. So 
I've always I felt mean, that that's, he, that's, that's he had the, the moniker here, right? best coach in the league for years and years while, and then I hate to go back to Joel Quinville where he, he moved into second place for all time wins as a coach and Babcock was still carrying the moniker of best coach in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, and the highest paid. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, going, going up with other very, very excellent highest paid coaches in the league, like. Don Cherry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was pay- overpaid, whatever he got. He he was the highest paid coach in the league at one point. Yeah. 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 So, mind you, back then it was like, you know, four nickels and a, and a <laughs> shave and a haircut. You know what I mean? But, um, you no. Know. He was probably making a couple of hundred grand. Yeah. It was just, anyways, whatever. We don't need to get into that yeah. either. But my, my point is, is that I, I think that uh, I think that they're looking for a, a prick to have a stiff defensive system and get back to their way of playing. And, uh, and I think that's why they hired him. I'm not sure that Mike Bobcock does that, but supposedly, yeah, well, I watched, I watched, I watched the Toronto Maple Leafs have a lot of structural (laughs) problems and a lot of fundamental flaws with him behind the bench. So I don't know if they're going to get that, but, but, they could have just gone with Claude Julien <laughs> yeah. and at least had a nice guy to talk to. Right. You know what my joke about – first of all, I love Claude Julien. I'm yeah. not trying to say anything bad about him, but but having watched many, many press conferences with him, mm-hmm. my joke about him is uh, he doesn't have a first language. He just has two second languages <laughs> yeah. because he sounds as inept in French as he does in English. And I'm not even very good – very strong in French, but uh, boy, he's <laughs> – I, I always got along great with, Joel, with um, Claude Right. Got, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. my point is, is that it just seems like if that's what you're going for, there's also mm-hmm. there. There are other people that exist in the league that. Oh, of course. Bring you that. Of course. There are. I think I think the whole. Narrative around, you know, coaches just keep getting recycled. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's lazy. I think, think that's so? a bit of a lazy narrative. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of guys on their first jobs. Yeah. There's like I, I bet you. I'm going to venture to say that without diving into the numbers, I'm, I'm going to venture to say that close to half of the league, they, the teams have a guy that's on, the, on, his, on his first job. Yeah, they're usually with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, Anaheim just tried, hired Greg Cronin. Oh, yeah, that's very Washington true, yeah. just hired Spencer Carberry. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, now I mean and we forget changing, John, John Cooper's on his first job. His first yeah, NHL, that's but he is. He's yeah, on yeah, his he first NHL, NHL job. This. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. so a lot of these guys. Luke Richardson's on his first job. You know, Derek Lalonde's on his first job. Yeah. Jay uh, White, uh, Woodcroft. Uh, Jay Woodcroft's on yeah. his first job. Like a lot of these. Like I, I don't think it's as as, Andrew as much as no. He's not on his first job. On his first. Well, he was interim. Was he not interim in Florida? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I he's guess. Technically, yeah. on his first job, I guess. Um. You know, so there's a lot of yeah. guys that are. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, no. there's there's a fair number of guys that are on their first jobs. You know, you know in what the it NHL. is. And and I think that 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 narrative of oh yeah, it's just the same ten guys and they just they just rotate and they just you know it's it's all recycled guys and everything. I think that's that's a that's a bogus a bit of a bogus narrative. Yeah. Um. You know, so I don't even know what my point was anymore, but. Your your point oh, is that yeah. you can hire guys that are not Mike Babcock again. Exactly. That's what your point yeah, yeah, is. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think, so two things. One, it's like, partially media. Yeah. Media is partially to blame for this because whenever a job becomes available, they always spit out the same tired names. Yeah. 
hello, Pete Shirelli was spat out about Toronto but for the I, GM. But I don't think that guys that are hiring are looking at what people, the names no, no, of people but what are I'm throwing is that, out there. Is that this narrative yeah. is kind of self-circulating because of that. Speaking of guys who are rehabilitated mm. or not, how could Patrick Waugh not get a job? He had a commercial with Mario Tremblay, of course. Why wouldn't he have a job? <laughs> no, but, I mean, that coaching job he did in the Memorial Cup? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Masterful. The thing like, is... Like, if you look at those two rosters, if you look at the final game between Quebec and, and Seattle, if you look at those two rosters, you go... If you don't know anything, like, if you haven't seen them play, you go, Seattle wins this game easy. Yeah, they got they have ten ten NHL picks, four first rounders. Yeah, they got can, Team Canada's goalie. Yeah, from the World Juniors, like but and and not only did Quebec win, they gave them nothing, nothing. They were so structured, so disciplined, so like just methodical, and you can just tell that was a team that was incredibly well coached. So to yes. me, I mean, he wouldn't be a guy that would be get, taking his first job because, of course, we all know he's already coached in the NHL. Yeah. Um, but. So first, firstly, I just wanted to say about the recycling coaches one more time or one more thing. The, the, the thing is, is that one of the, the third largest market in the NHL is the most notorious for recycling coaches. Montreal went Terrian, Julian, Terrian, <laughs> Terrian, yeah. Julian. And then finally broke the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. But my but um and but secondly, to your point about Patrick Waugh, uh you know, maybe rehabilitated, maybe whatever. But the issue is is how he left Colorado. I don't think that there's many GMs that want to take a chance. Well, I, I think it's I think it's because He booked it in training camp. Yeah, and, and it becomes too it becomes too much. All about him, and 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 again, that's you know? sometimes a good thing. Well, yeah, but the but then you go back, but then Babcock. you but then you say, yeah. you know, okay, you had to go back to junior hockey for a couple of years, mm. you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not disagreeing I mean, with you. Did you learn anything? Did you did you grow as a person? Do you can you deal with the modern player better? You know, can you you know what can you do? But to me, it's like as far as it being a coach and coaching teams to play better. Yeah. Wow, like how can Patrick Waugh not be hired by an NHL team? I'm absolutely not disagreeing with and you. The, the one in the city that we are in. Right. Like it would be crazy. It'd be nuts. Yeah. Like Patrick Waugh coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like that would just that, like that would just be such a weird dynamic, but Yeah. Like if you're not the Toronto if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, why would you not be contemplating that? Because why would you not be thinking of that? He walked he committed the cardinal sin of hockey, which is doesn't matter how homophobic you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter how abusive you are. Doesn't matter how you yeah. left the team. Yeah. And so I, I think that I think that GMs are wary to take a chance on a guy who walked in training camp like that. And I think that uh yeah. I just think that they're they're wary about it. But anyways, let's let's move on. You, you talked. You spoke about Toronto. Uh, well, what about you, did you? Did we want to talk about um, Tree Living? No. We did. We want to talk about uh, Ivan Provorov. 
Oh, did we want to talk about Ivan Provorov? Well, you mentioned him. You I said, did you mention said, yeah, Ivan Provorov. Yeah, yeah, yeah what did. do you think about the trade? Um, I think it's a bit of a nothing trade, to be honest with you. Do you? Yeah, like it was Ivan Provorov for a bunch of nothing, and I don't think Ivan Provorov's that good anymore. I t- totally agree. Yeah. Um, uh, but That was going to be my hot take, Ken. Thanks. There's the subtext. I, I think it was a very... It's going to be one of those trades that just is a wash. Yeah. Unless the first round picks turn out to be something really good. Yeah. Um, but see, here's here's another thing where you wonder, right? Like, like if I'm an LGBTQ fan of the Columbus Blue Jackets, am I still one? Yeah, f- fandom's a hard thing to quantify. Mm-hmm. You know, f- fandom's a hard thing to quantify, uh, and yeah, I, I I don't disagree with you. Um, it's a question. I I agree with you that it's a nothing trade, and that was going to be my hot take. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> that's a hot. Take? And then you out hot takes me, <laughs> and like, well, because Provorov, as much yeah. as he's been quite middling throughout his career, right, has has a big name attached to him, right. So, anyways, that's that. So. What what's more to say? Well, again, going back to Patrick Watt, like it was, it wasn't like it was a month before camp. It wasn't like in the middle of training camp. It was in August when he left. I thought it was right before training camp, but well, okay. it, I mean you that is better... that is relatively before yeah. training camp. But yeah. you know, I mean, it, it wasn't like he left the and you know, I mean, they did end up hiring a guy that won him a Stanley Cup, so. Right, but here's the thing, right? Patrick Waugh couldn't play nice with notoriously difficult to deal yeah, with yeah, he, Joe, Joe Sackick, Sackick, who was yeah. his teammate, who yeah. was his teammate, yeah. and they won and, two and, cups together. And he and he was he was he was he had his shorts and a knot about not having enough input into player personnel. Yeah, I which, mean, which actually, which which actually, he kind of had a point because he was VP of hockey operations. <laughs> No, but nobody yeah, was. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and it was sold to him. Like at the beginning, when he took the job, he was basically the guy because yeah. they had Greg Sherman as the as the GM. Yeah, and Greg Sherman was like the biggest figurehead you've ever seen, right? right yeah. Then Sackett comes on board, and then everything changes, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I that to me, to me, the 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 whole him bailing on the avalanche would be a would be about number five on the red flag sort of things like uh, to me it's still the emotional outbursts it's the you know quasi criminal things that have happened yeah it's the things with you know the thing with his son you know like to me you know that to me would be where have how have you grown in that respect you know, yeah. and it looks like he has. It looks like he's way more in control of his emotions than he used to be. And to me, that's what I'd want to know if I'm an NHL team that's looking for a coach. I'm not disagreeing with you. Right. I'm not disagreeing right. with you. I just, I just, I don't want to say I know how things work. I have a somewhat idea of how uh, hockey is in terms of the way that it's perceived. And, Patrick Waugh is a guy that walked off the ice with the Montreal Canadiens and said, I'm never playing here again, mm-hmm. forced a trade. Yep. Walked out right before training camp and said, that's that. He's a guy that has a history of this. And I'm not saying, and look, you know, a lot of the good ones are prima donnas, right? I'm not 
suggesting yeah. that they're not, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that the good doesn't outweigh the bad here. But what I'm suggesting is that if you're a GM, I think that, that gives them pause because they GMs like toe the company line. Well, and be part do, of our team, our yeah. organization. Some GMs barely let their coaches talk to the media. No, they don't. They all do. They all they don't let I their assistants barely. coach. No, the coaches talk to the media all the time. It's the assistants that never talk to the media. But to me, I just think those are all part and parcel with the emotional sort of part of things that just can't be part of the the equation anymore it just can't like you can't yeah you know you just can't you have to be able to play in the sandbox yeah to be able to coach today's nhl player and and i think if patrick waugh can prove that he has rehabilitated himself and that he's not the fly off the handle you know guy that he maybe was before Mm -hmm. i mean he's he's a hell of a coach yeah. He is one hell of a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm not disagreeing with you. I would have I would have seriously looked at him if I were Columbus. And then James Malatesta, who's a five foot seven prospect for Columbus, who was really good for Quebec, would have been like, Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Yeah. No, I, I I see where Columbus was going with Babcock. I think they're trying to reclaim their culture. Okay. And, uh, you know, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that works. Uh, so moving on to our final topic, Kyle Dubas hired of president, hired as president of hockey operations mm-hmm. in, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about this hire? I think it's strange. Firstly, your prediction came true. Which? Dubas got a job before Toronto actually got a GM. <laughs> Half an hour. <laughs> hey, Technically correct is yeah. the best type of correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just don't know why they gave him so much power and so much term. I do. Sort of. I have a guess. An okay. educated guess. An okay. uneducated guess. Yeah. By definition of my mm-hmm. guesses. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh, it wants to build a team around Crosby, Malcolm, Latang. What do you mean they want to? That's all they've been doing for the last 15 years. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. What I'm saying is that they have not given up Crosby, Malcolm, Latang as their idea. They're not rebuilding. They want to build a team around Crosby, Malcolm, Latang. Dubas in Toronto every single year made that team stronger while navigating the difficulties of their cap situation around yeah. their core yeah. four. Yeah. And I think that that is exactly what Pittsburgh wants to see. Pittsburgh wants to see trades like the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Pittsburgh wants to see signings like David Kempf. Pittsburgh wants to see that in order to build around, because you and I both said it, Crosby, Malkin, Latang were all excellent this year. They were good. They were good. If you want to do that, uh, you're going to have to inject a lot more speed into that lineup. I'm not he's he's going to have to find guys who can skate. That's what he's going to have to find. He's going to have to find some guys with some speed because this is an old, slow, predictable team. Who was the fastest guy in the Sioux Greyhounds? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kidding. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah, I, no. I, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. But what I'm saying is that he found a lot of value it, with smart, small, savvy moves. And Pittsburgh, if they want to retool and continue on this run yeah that's all they have as an option to them after we just spoke about how vegas right you know was able to be a little bit splashier this is the only option that pittsburgh has to them and dubas has proven that he can build a good team it's still gonna get ugly 
It's still oh, yeah, get ugly there's no there. two ways about that. I'm not disagreeing I mean, with the, you there. Yeah, yeah. And, and I really think that Dubas really shackled himself with Sheldon Keefe. I really do. Do you? Yeah? Yeah. I, you know, I judge, I judge coaches by basically trying to, uh, and I haven't played NHL on Xbox in years and years, but if you were to take that team and put it on, the, on your Xbox thing, and uh, how well do you think that that team would perform just as like, you know, and comparative to the coach? And I think that if you were to run the quote-unquote simulation, simulation mode, uh, I think Toronto's winning at least one or two cups in the time that Dubas has been there. Oh, really? Eh? Okay. I, yeah. I don't know. I look at it, I look at what's going on right now in the Stanley Cup final, and I look at it and I say, I don't think the Leafs have a team that could that can play at this pace and and play it at this physical uh, um, play this physical game. I agree. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not. I'm not I'm not sold on that one but I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that in and of itself but I think that a, a coach could turn that team into it. Anyways, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about Toronto right now. Right. We're not talking about the center of the universe. We're going to go to that little blip of Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> Just yep. kidding. Yeah. Uh actually we had a question. Well, he'll he'll hang on to his first round picks. They finally got first round picks back yep. in the next 3 years, so he'll probably hang on to those and he'll probably accrue accrue a few more draft picks. Um, but yeah, there's, there's going to be pain there. <laughs> yeah. There's just going to be pain there. Yeah. And you know, I mean, yeah, they got, they have no, like they have no prospects, right? Like they have nothing. No, but this is, but this is what Dubas did in Toronto is he yeah. got players without sacrificing roster players mm-hmm. and, and while managing a difficult cap situation, and that's essentially what Pittsburgh needs. Right. And so I don't think that Dubas will be able to build a cup-contending team in Pittsburgh. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, but I'm suggesting that if anybody has a proven track record of putting the best pieces on the board possible, mm-hmm. given dire mm-hmm. circumstances, yep. yep, he does. Yep. Uh, before we get out of here, we got another review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. That's the way to do it, baby. From Balling Penguin, and they actually asked a question in the review. Okay. And I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Does the NHL have a goalie crisis, or has the advantage shifted to the shooter over the last few years due to expansion, removing the two-line pass, cutting down on interference, supposedly, and cross-checking, etc.? I don't know if they have a goalie crisis. Mm. Um, I think, I just think that you're guessing. You're guessing on goalies. Yeah. You're guessing, and yeah. you try to find the one that can get hot at the right time yeah. for for a decent period of time. Yeah, I mean there are, you know, I mean there are the Shesterkins, there are the, you know, Vasilevskis, there are the guys that Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, there that that are that are you know clearly the upper crust of the league. Yeah, and then like you're just guessing with a lot of guys. Like look at like like look at Vegas this year. Yeah, they went through six goalies. Yeah. You know, they, they, they finally settled on one and, yeah. you know, I, and to me, it just got the, it, it, that started to become a phenomenon. And the guy I keep going back to is Devin Dubnik, mm-hmm. who was picked up off the scrap heap. Yeah. Not literally, but very close to literally picked up off the scrap heap. And within two years, he's playing in the all-star game and, and signing a new contract and getting, you know, yeah. getting lots of love. 
you know? So to me, it's, it's, um, I mean, I have lots of, I mean, you're the goalie guy, right? Yeah. Um, but to me, everybody's just guessing. Everybody's just, you're just guessing and hoping and praying that your guy's going to have a good year. Like to me, I mean, Brad Living would have been a much better general manager in Calgary if Jacob Markstrom would have been a better goalie. But it, he was. He was he, the Vesna finalist. I mean, this this past season. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, this yeah. past season. Yeah, yeah. He would have been a much better general manager if Jacob Markstrom didn't forget how to stop the puck for a year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hate and, to and say nobody it, but... would be surprised if Jacob Markstrom came back and was really good next year. You know? Yeah. Like, it just seems like, you know, you look at guys like Tristan Jari and, and those guys, like, it's like, good year, terrible year, good year. It's like, yeah. how do you track that? How do you, how do you figure out when the guy's going to hit? Yeah. You know? Um, uh, so, so two things to that, or th- three things, maybe. I don't know. We'll see how the mood strikes me. Uh, Jakob Markstrom, I hate to say it, Edmonton broke him. In the playoffs, and he has not been the same guy mm-hmm. since. Maybe, yeah. And uh, so there is something that needs to be done there. Mm-hmm. And I think that they were hoping that Daryl Sutter would do that thing, would build a cushy environment around him for him to regain what he needs, what he lost. Uh, but that's, you know, that's what that is. I think that there's more to be said about um, finding the goalie that matches your team style and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I think that and I think that goalies are a lot more predictable when you don't look at them in a vacuum. When you're not like our team lets in a lot of goals, let's get a better goalie. Nah, that's not really how it works, is it? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like I was, I was just saying about stroke and whatever. But what I what I will say is this: I will say that the standard of goaltending in the NHL right now is such. I think that there is no goalie crisis at all. I think that the standard of goaltending right now in the NHL, being proven by the Vegas Golden Knights right now, is such that virtually every single goalie in the NHL and AHL, given the right circumstance... Can can, survive, can succeed. Can succeed. Yeah, yeah. I think that the standard of goaltending is so good in this league right now, I don't think that there's a bad goalie. Maybe even going down to ECHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? And when you think about it, there's two goalies on each team. Right. Right? Meaning 32 teams, 64 goalies. Yep. Add in another 32... And you're at 128 goalies. Right. Right. ECHL, I think, only has like something like 20 teams. Right. Mm-hmm. So 128 becomes 168 goalies. Right. There's 168 goalies playing in North America of the NHL affiliated leagues. And I'd be I'd be fairly assured that if some goalie gets called up from the ECHL and winds up having to play a game behind the uh, New York Islanders. Yeah. They're letting in two goals. It might be, maybe, yeah. You know, they're not going to do that. Behind. I know. That, I mean, there was a time when I used to think that fourth liners and American Hockey League players were virtually interchangeable. Yeah, uh, I don't think that anymore because no. it's become so specialized. It's but there changed, was a time. Yeah. There was a time when I when basically I would be like, yeah, the best guy in the in the American Hockey League or the International Hockey League at the time. Yep. Could play on anybody's fourth line. Was the International Hockey League the AHL? No. The International Hockey League was the International Hockey League. No, no, League. sorry. I mean, was were they the official affiliate of the NHL for a while? 
Well, the, it, it wasn't. They there were teams that were affiliated with NHL right. teams yeah. in the okay. in the International Hockey League. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because the American League wasn't as big. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but now now it's like every AHL team basically is an affiliate of an NHL team. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them have a lot of kind of uh, free agents that come in. Yeah. And so sometimes they they combine affiliations and it, it moves around. But yeah, yeah. generally speaking, there's 32 and 32. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, well, back to the goaltending, though, as you said. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't say there's a goaltending crisis. Um, I would say there's a goaltending crisis, like, in Canada. Yeah. You yeah. know? You know? Yeah. Um, I agree. I see the goalies, I see the goals that goalies give up, and you're going to hate it when I say it, but, like... To me, I just, I don't understand it. I mean, people are talking about these beautiful goals and half the time it's, it's bad goaltending. Like a guy should never score from behind the goal line ever. Yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree. And the guy goes into reverse V, goes down, it goes off his head and in the net. Yeah. Like. Can I tell you a very funny story about that? Reverse VH, not reverse V, reverse VH. RVH, yeah. RVH, yeah. yeah. Can I tell you a funny story about that as we're getting out of here? Yeah, I was training with a guy, and he was doing these. He's basically bringing the puck down the wing, you know, below the goal line, and then up for a shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I hold my feet and stay square to the puck until the puck is below the circle. Okay, that's how I teach positioning. That's how I play positioning. And uh, and he kept on trying to rip these sharp angle shots to knock it off me and into the net. And I finally said to him, I said, "You're not going to score there because." I hold my position until you're below the circle. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, most goalies don't. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not most goalies. <laughs> like, yeah. read, like yeah. read it. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Like, guys, their decision-making, the decision-making that we're teaching in this country, for the most part, is a little bit skewed. Mm-hmm. And you want to know why? It's the same reason why uh, Mike Babcock-type coaches are going by the wayside because it coaches get their hooks into everything and right. they don't want right. to trust their players, natural God given talent and decision-making skills. Mm-hmm. So they say, go into your RVH. That's what you do. You go into your RVH and it's like, well, how about you read the play and yeah. say, well, there's a pass option right. here. Right. There's a shot option there. Yep. There's this, there's that, there's the next thing. And then teach the guy RVH, VH and foot position. Right. Uh, okay. Standing. Standing yep. post position. Yeah. Right. Why don't you teach the person all three of those and how and when to read times to use that and then rely on your goalies instincts. But because we as goalie coaches are so keen on making our mark on things, just like when you watch uh, a, a guy like Tortorella take over the Vancouver Canucks and say, everybody's blocking shots on my team. I don't care if you're yeah, named yeah. Sedin. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goalie coaches are doing the same thing right now. Right. And they're so concerned about putting their fingerprints on a goaltender that uh, they're teaching them that this is how you play all the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as opposed to helping develop the instincts. And to that point, Russian goalie coaches do not teach that. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. That's right. And that's why you get Vasilevsky making behind the back glove saves because (laughs) nobody turned around and said, you should have been an RVH there. Yeah, right. Right. Get bent. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So there is not a goaltending crisis. I would agree. I agree. But maybe in Canada there is. Maybe in Canada. This person's in the States. And you know what? The States is putting out some pretty good goalies right now. Yep. So. Yep. Not in your country either. 
<laughs> Good for you. <laughs> All right, should we get out of here? I uh, just want to say one last thing. Uh, Let's hear it. A kid by the name of Owen Brady, who's uh, a really good kid. He's a 20-year-old. Um, was a top prospect for the OHL draft in 2018, for 2019 OHL draft. Would have been a first-round pick. Uh, had a cancerous tumor found near his knee hmm. that year. Um, underwent extensive, invasive 18-hour surgery to remove it. Oof. Uh, chemotherapy, the whole deal. Then COVID comes. Uh, well, last week he was he was he was officially deemed cancer free. Wow! And I've chronicled his journey right through the time when I was at the Hockey News to my Substack to other stuff. And uh, he's a wonderful kid. He's uh, twenty years old. He's going to be going back next year to play his last year of junior hockey for the Carlton Place Canadians in the Ottawa Junior League. Yeah. And uh, and I just wish him nothing but the best. And, um, you know, he's still kind of hoping for maybe a D1 scholarship, but it probably doesn't – that's probably not going to be in the cards. He may end up playing U Sports, hopefully, and, and getting an education and becoming a good, upstanding citizen. But, you know, this was a kid that five years ago was – going through chemo and was in a wheelchair and had to learn to walk again. And now he's playing at a high level of hockey and he's cancer free. And, uh, I'm just, I just can't be more thrilled for him and his family. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that, Ken. No problem. Yeah. All right. Well, check out, uh, Ken Campbell.substack.com for this podcast directly into your inbox. And of course, all of Ken's excellent writing, including what we were just talking about. And don't forget, Apple Podcasts, leave a review, subscribe, all that great stuff. Twitter at HockeyNoFilter, at Ken underscore Campbell 27, of course, at underscore Dylan Wah. And we will talk to you very soon.